It's time for Into the RGV. Here's Davis Rankin. Welcome to Into the RGV. The RGV stands for Rio Grande Valley here in South Texas, almost North Mexico. Into the RGV is sponsored by Esparza Pest Control Simmer Technology. Call them at 956-316-0000. Again, 956-316-0000. The Rio Grande Valley is made up of four counties, Cameron, Willacy, Hidalgo, and Star. Today we're going to talk about the history of Star County, the fascinating history of Star County, which in some ways was the start of what we call the Rio Grande Valley, the RGV. Joining us today is local historian and businessman Noel Benavides. His family and his wife's family go back to the founding days of Star County and the Rio Grande Valley. The other day we were talking with uh, Dr. Falcon, uh, Antonio Falcon. He's uh, mm-hmm. sort of in charge of the uh, COVID efforts in Star County. Uh, he has also been a longtime practitioner, medical practitioner there. And I asked him just out of curiosity, are you related to uh, that Miguel de la Garza Falcon who, who came, uh, came in 1747, came this far north and sort of reconnoitered the area for settlement? And uh, he said, yeah, he was a direct descendant. Well, our guest is also a direct descendant of people who got there before everybody else did. Noel Benavides uh, is no stranger to, uh, to 710KURV. We have talked with him in the past about his, his family's property up there, and we're going to take a little tour uh, survey of Star County. And as I, I'm, I'm not, I probably shouldn't admit this, Noel, but I didn't realize Star County, at least as portrayed by the Handbook of Texas, uh, was such an exciting place at one time. I always thought of it as a steady-as-you-go farming and ranching community. But um, So when did your relatives get there? My uh, relatives, I've heard the people say, well, I was a 20th century pioneer. You know, we came in the 19-teens. And, you know, if you came in 1850, 1750, we're newcomers. When did y'all get there? Well, we got here with Escandon. Uh, but going back to Star County, Star County is st- still an exciting community. And uh, my ancestors came with Escandon to Ciudad Mier, and they founded uh, Ciudad Mier, which is on the south side of the yeah. Rio Grande. It's about eight miles from uh, from Roma. Do you, do you know why the uh, why the Spaniards, the Spanish, stopped at Mier? Why they established Mier and didn't come across? the river and establish something on the north side at that point? Well, this area had been explored. You know, there was people living here before that. Uh, but it had been explored by uh, several people in 1687. Yeah. It was explored, and uh, the area was found uh, in uh, 1747 or seventeen. Uh, that would, 47, that's when when when, uh, when Miguel uh, de la Garza Falcón had already established what is yeah. now Camargo. The, but uh, uh, it had been, you know, this this area has been uh, ongoing for many, many centuries. Is, uh, is the reason that the Spanish entered what is now South Texas, crossed the river to explore South Texas because it was the closest to Monterey, which is where the big city was? Well, at that time, Monterey did not exist. It was Cerralbo. Ah. Cerralbo ah. was the, the, the capital of Nuevo León. 
but uh, the, the main point for the Spaniards was Cerralbo. From Cerralbo, they expanded uh, to the Rio Grande. And uh, the reason they, they, one of the vias, this canton chose Mier, because there was a, a crossing on the river, it was called uh, Paso del Cantaro, which had long existed huh. to cross the river and going to uh, Sal del Rey okay. and bring in salt, because salt was very, very valuable at that, uh, that time. And the trail was already there, so they uh, established Mier, and they used uh, the Paso del Cantaro mm-hmm. trail, and eventually Roma became a uh, the ranch of Mier. Now say that before Roma, Roma be- before Roma, there was Los Angeles. Los Angeles was the, the the community that that had been established before uh, before Roma. It was called uh, Corrales de Sainz. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a printout from the Handbook of Texas in front of me, and it it's it's dealing in the things that people say they don't like about history, which is dates. But the dates are important to understand the way things unfold. It says here, in August of 1638, Jacinto Garcia de Sepulveda followed the Rio Grande and crossed into the area at Mier in search of Dutch sailors reported on the Texas coast. In 1687, the second expedition of Alonso de Leon in search of Fort St. Louis, because the Spaniards were very concerned about the French, because they were having a big fight at that time, the French and the Spanish. He was in search of Fort St. Louis. He also followed the river route. Uh, And in 1747, Miguel de Garza Falcón reconnoitered the northern bank of the river in search of suitable land to establish a settlement. He condemned the land as unsuitable for stock raising and farming and deemed it uninhabitable. And so. then in uh, 1749, Jose Descandon brought a group of people yeah. that settled the area. And most of these people were uh, Sephardic Jews. Really? Of course. Was Escandon uh, Sephardic Jew? Do you know? The the people that came with uh, yeah. Escandon were Sephardic Jews. Do you know if the and they bit... settled this area because they could practice their, yeah. uh, their religion from being uh, prosecuted by the... Yeah. The Inquisition well, was still going the Inquisition. on. Well, is the Benavides family or your wife's family are they descended from from Jewish from Jews? You Both. Know? My uh, family was Bice, B-A-E-Z, okay. Benavides, and we all came from Portugal. There were Portugal Jews that that just came over. Yeah, they were not supposed to come in as, as Jews. And they were not supposed to come in as, as uh, new Christians, which was what they were called after they had converted to uh, Christianity. But they still boarded those boats and came uh, yeah. came to this area. Almost 25% of the people coming in to the New World were, were actually Jews. What I have read is that after 1492, when Spain threw out the Jews, expelled them, then uh-huh. uh, and there were people in the per- process of con- converting um, at that time, and some converted became Christians. About a hundred years later, the Spanish crown decided, well, they weren't real sure about all this stuff, and um, <laughs> so there was another round of some, apparently some pretty bad persecution of Jews because they were practicing Jews. And um, when people came to the New World, a lot of them were, as you say, either new Christians. Some, I guess, were Christians of true faith. Others were Christians in quotes, and people knew they weren't real Christians, but. As soon as they got 
onto what is now Mexico. They came north. Does that sound that, about right? That's what happened. But actually, the you know the 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 crown, the Spanish crown, would not allow the new Christians uh, to migrate to the new world. Well, how'd they get here then? They they came in, uh, you know, illegally. They 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 still boarded the the yeah. the, the boats coming to the new world, and they they settled. This area, because it was isolated, and the Inquisition was not, uh, the arm of the Inquisition was yeah. not here, but eventually got here. The settler, the, the founder of uh, Monterrey, was a Jew, coming with that was uh, a new Christian, and he and his whole family were eventually prosecuted by the Inquisition, and they were uh, Burned at the stake. Were in, they really in, uh, in uh, Mexico City? Good Lord, yes. I did not. I did not know that. Well, uh, obviously uh, the people, the people who organized the the vessels and organized these trips, were looking the other way. So, um, yes, they were. As long as there was money involved and they got something. Well, uh, so people came here and they there, there was not much agriculture or uh, not much. Uh, Crop raising, as I read, um, in the early days, it was the the land that was unsuitable for cattle became very suitable for cattle and sheep raising. Exactly, they 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 brought in cattle and sheep there, and, and you know if you look at the uh, inventories that were taken by the uh, royal uh, royal commission that that came in in 1767, and they inventory everybody that lived in those vias. Uh, they counted everything horses yeah. mules cattle sheep yeah but there was no swine there were no no pigs uh, and that tells you something there were Jews wow they had no use for the for for pork is that um is is avoiding pork um still a, a thing in star county or People have adapted to no, bacon. most of this, the, most of the people uh, living here are not uh, right now, are not practicing Jews. But if we uh, look back a few generations, we, we find out that uh, you know we have customs, the the same uh, traditions and customs that the the Jews had. For example, my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of us. Uh, Relatives were buried across the border in Mieleman, in Mier, and uh, I used to tr- uh, take him across the border to cemeteries, and he'd visit the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And before he went into the cemetery, he'd pick up a few pebbles, okay, and uh, put them in his hand, and just walk to the graves and and lay a pebble on the, on on the grave uh, graveside. And it always intrigued me why he was doing that. And yeah. I asked him once, and I said, well, why do you do that? You know, I see that every time we go to the cemetery, before you go in, you pick up some rocks and just put, put them in your pocket or carry them in your hand. And he says, well, I guess it's a family tradition. We've been doing it. My, my parents used to do it, and I remember my grandparents used to do that also. But that's very Jewish. That's a Jewish tradition. Huh. Wow. If you, uh, if you look... The Jews do that. They, they, instead of putting flowers, they put a stone on the grave. If you remember, I don't know if you saw the movie, I'm sure you did, Chinsler's List. Oh, yeah. 
You remember how it ended? Um, I, no, I have to say all I don't. The, uh, all the people that, uh, all the relatives of the people he had uh, helped and saved were mm-hmm. visiting his grave. And none of them placed a, a, a rock on the on the on the uh, wow. on the tomb. Cabrito, Semita, uh, you know there's yeah. a lot of uh, things that that uh, traditions come that, back go back to yeah. the, to being the, the Jewish tradition. So in 1749, Escandon was assigned the task, I guess, by the Spanish Crown uh, of colonizing the area. Um, he brought people. They went to Mier and then Camargo, and at some point they they cross over. Uh, I, I think the hardest part for me, anyway, is not looking at the river as a boundary, but looking at it as something that they crossed over back and forth. It was part of their land. At some point, it became um, the the boundary. Um, let's talk a little bit about porciones and uh, land grants, because well, let me read this, and this will explain it why. Uh, let's see. The first settlement in the area was made in 1763 by Francisco de la Garza Martinez, son of Blas Maria de, de la Garza Falcón, who was granted Porción 80 in 1767 by Spain. The villa was named Rancho Carnes Tolendas. Another early settlement was Corrales de los Sainz, which you talked about, founded in 1763 by the Sainz family. And los Sainz means the Sainzes. The community fell within Porciones 71 and 72, which were issued to Juan Salinas and Juan Angel Sainz, respectively, by Spain in 1767. A lot of dates. By 1850, Los Sainz had been renamed Roma Los Sainz and was a thriving community as it uh, continues today. And then, all these names are Spanish, right? In 1847, yeah. some guy named Henry Clay Davis established Rancho Davis on the Rio Grande River, and it became Rio Grande City. Where does Henry Clay he, Davis... He, mar- he marries a uh, daughter that the, the came from um, Miguel de la Garza Falcón, uh-huh. and she had a lot of property. You have to remember that in those times, or those dates, uh, women did not hold the, uh, the, the property. It was the husband, uh-huh. the male. So Clay Davis came into a lot of uh, property, Around uh, what's around the city in Camargo right now, and he 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 uh, named that ranch or that landing Davis Landing because now you're going back to your, your steamboats. Yeah, steamboats became very were very instru- well. Steamboats were instrumental in the 1800s, 19th century development um, of of Star County and Rio Grande City. Or yes, not? yes, they yes they were. Well, they uh, brought merchandise from uh, the land in New Orleans, then came all the way to yeah. Baghdad, which was the uh, mouth of the river, and uh, came up upstream all the way to Roma. Uh, it was uh, the river was navigable all the way to Roma. It couldn't go any farther. Yeah, upstream because of uh, obstacles on the river. We'll continue our review of Star County history and South Texas history. But first, this word from our sponsor, Esparza Pest Control Simmer Technology. Esparza Pest Control can help you with any pest from Rio Grande City to South Padre Island. And when I say any pest, termites, spiders, uh, cockroaches, mites, uh, i.e. creepy crawlers, 
Uh, even possums. Uh, if you have a possum problem, they can fix that for you. Esparza proudly represents Simmer Technology. Simmer, C-I-M-R Technology, Continuous Infectious Microbial Reduction Technology. Recently, the Air Force used Simmer Technology at some of its bases and military installations, and they're planning to use it even more. If you're a business owner, you should look into Simmer Technology. Movie theaters are starting to open up. Be a great place for the use of Simmer Technology. What Simmer Technology does, how it works, is it releases low-grade hydrogen peroxide gas into the air, and that zaps or gets rid of mold, viruses, bacteria. If you run a business, any kind of business, this is something you need to have at your place. Also, again, ask about RX-15 at Esparza Pest Control, 316-0000. That's 316, local area code 956, 316 Zero 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 zero. When did um, and, and the the river became unnavigable, or or steamboats went out of? They didn't use steamboats anymore after what date? You know, I think it was nineteen oh seven. The river just that's be- when the railroad. It, it uh, was, it, they didn't do it because they, they couldn't navigate the river. They did it because the railroad came in. Okay. And it took all the freight on rail instead of steamboats. Are the Davis, this uh, uh, Henry Clay Davis, are his uh, ancestors, is his descendants still in living in Stark County, Rio Grande City? I think I think we do. I think we have some uh, some relatives there. The early day they Anglos, might not be, they might not be uh, Davis, but yeah, but they can point to it. In fact, I I know one of his descendants here and have a a, a little book he he wrote. Uh, the the okay. early um, the early English name or Anglo. Uh, folks married into the established families as as distinct from or when do they start living on their own and they married you know anglo married anglo these early guys like davis he married into an established spanish family or mexican family yeah. and yeah when do, is that still uh when did that go out of fashion i guess What, when they do they, well, I'm not. I was, I actually I'm not sure exactly how to phrase that question. <laughs> I withdraw that question, Your Honor. And well, well, then, you know the the, the Anglo's came in uh, after 1848 when we became part of the United States, and they started buying uh, properties. Okay. And most of the properties in this area in between 72, 73, and 71, 72, 73, and 74. The Anglos did not buy, were not able to get these properties. And the reason they could not buy the properties was that this, uh, the, the property owners or the descendants of the, uh, of the heirs of the, of the Porciones yeah. formed a corporation, what we call now a corporation, that uh, would not allow the, the original owners to sell to anybody else uh, Unless it was a relative. Okay. That was the way. Are the people who came over, like the Benavides, were they um, were were they all family members, extended family members, or would it or would it be the? I don't. Benavides? I don't think so. I, I I think you know there were different families that uh, okay that just came in. They were mm-hmm. the same. Uh, 
same traditions and same yeah. uh, religion. But not necessarily all related, uh, although they may no, be all related now. What? Uh, when did Roma? Where, when did Roma get established? Because Los Signs was already there, and then it became Roma Los Signs in 1765. What, who's it named after? Well, Roma, or uh, the original name of the settlement. The original name was uh, Los Garcias Ranch, because huh. the, the people that uh, that came in from uh, from Los Signs that owned this portion. Named it uh, Corrales Garcia, and then it was called Buena Vista, and then in 1848 it became Los Signs. Okay. The organization that was made uh, formed by the uh, owners of the portion was called La Masa. M A S A. Like. Uh, yes. Huh. And they, uh, I've got some uh, ledgers of, uh, of the transactions of the properties. Where they would sell, they they named it La Familia Mayores, which were the direct descendants from the uh, mm-hmm. uh, owners of the Porciones. and then the uh, minor families were, were the ones that were they bought that bought into the Porciones, but where there were people, local people, and they would not sell to anybody else. Is that still uh, in effect? That, that, I'm sorry. Is that still in effect? Is this La Masa organization still around? No. No. No, but that's why you have. That's why we have a lot of uh, properties mm-hmm. owned by the relatives of the original uh, uh-huh. owners of the porciones. For example, the porcion uh, seventy-three, seventy-two, where we have our prop- uh, the property. You, you still have that some. Is, that comes from from my wife's ancestors. Uh. Which was a science, which was one of the uh, the founders of uh, of Roma. Wow! And what they did, what they did in 1848, these two science brothers that own uh, the portion where Roma is on uh, divided part of the portion into into lots, and they started selling lots at a hundred dollars huh. to have people come into Roma. Oh, so they were land developers. Yes, they, they, they were They were everything. They only, you know, uh, the right to the ferry, the uh, porciones, mm-hmm. the water rights. And then uh, the steamboats, they own warehouses here in Roma that, that store all the freight coming in, in yeah. on, on, on the steamboats. Do uh, do the original, the porciones, which were these long, narrow north and south strips awarded by the king of Spain, as I understand it, so that everybody would have access to the river for water. Do, do the original, how many of these are still owned by people living in, in Star or Rio Grande today? I know here in Roma... There's a lot of uh, original families that still own the, the properties because, like I said, they were they were not sold. They were yeah. able to control the sale of the porciones in Rigan City. That's uh, which is uh, our our porciones come from uh, from Mier. In other words, all the legal documentation on on, uh, on sales yeah. 
have to state that they uh, are from the uh, Mier and then the legal description of the property, but they they have to have the, the Mier portion and the, and the uh, description of the property. In uh, beyond uh, Garceño, which is halfway from Tehuacan City, then it comes under the Camargo jurisdiction. Oh, and if okay. you go farther upstream, you get to uh, maybe 10 miles up or 8 miles upstream, then it becomes the Guerrero jurisdiction. Well, Guerrero is gone now, right? That was in... These, this, well, these no, jurisdictions it, refer to towns now in Mexico. Well, Guerrero was named Revilla originally. Yes. And then it became Guerrero. Now we have New Guerrero. The old uh, town of Guerrero was the one that went yeah. underwater. Half of it went underwater with Falcon Lake. Yeah. In 2014, this again is from the Handbook of Texas. In 2014, Star County had a population of almost 63,000 people. About 4% were Anglo, 0.4% African American, 96% Hispanic. The principal communities included Rio Grande City, Escobares, with about 2,800 people, La Grulla, 1,600 people, and then Roma, uh, the, the, as I understand, the first, kind of the first city, uh, almost 10,000. When, when did Escobares and La Grulla come along? Uh, Escobares was probably in uh, 20, it's probably about uh, 10, it's probably about 12 years ago that uh, the community of Escobares was uh, incorporated. Uh, but it's always been there, right? Yes, it's always been Escobares, but it's the Rancho de Escobares. That's because that's but where the Escobar is. incorporated, yeah. Okay. Gruya, uh, I think that was back in the uh, 70s. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. But it had been a settlement 1970? there. 1970? That, that settlement, which became a formalized now, that's been there for forever, hadn't it? Which one, Gruya? Gruya. Oh, yes. Yes. They, they, you know, they, they, these people had ranches even before Escandon came over. And they had a lot of cattle, a lot of sheep, and uh, no pigs. <laughs> How could they have and ranches before the Spanish settlers got here? How could these? How did that happen? Well, you know, you got you got some um, people that like to venture and uh, and do things out of the main line, and uh, they they came and settled. It was un, uh, unsettable, but uh, they had. They were very prosperous. They were people with a lot of money because they had a lot of uh, cattle, a lot of uh, sheep, okay. thousands, thousands of sheep. Why did sheep raising go? Why don't we raise sheep down here anymore? You know? Maybe because uh, we eat pork now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I know that doesn't and, answer the question. Uh, you know, though, the, but, yeah. Jews, the Jews would eat a lot of uh, sheep, a lot of. Um, Yes, their their menu or their staple items were probably yep. That that's why they had thousands of sheep down here. I'm super- and they, it could probably be a, a good industry, but nobody wants to risk that. I'm surprised. We're getting that, lazy. Oh, I'm surprised that people didn't uh, didn't get into the goat raising business. Uh, so am I. So am I. 
Yeah, well, you know, you go to Central Texas or Hill Country, and you've got a lot of goats up, up yeah. there, and uh, they. But some people here do have goats, especially on the south side of the Rio Grande and on on, oh. on, uh, on the Mexican side. We have a lot of goats. You think that's for the the dish of cabrito? Very young. Yes. Yes. That's still a suckling goat. Have you ever seen how big they are, Noel? They're tiny. Yeah. I know. They're all They're bone. Thin. What does la grulla mean? What's that word mean? La grulla is a bird. It's a crane. Oh, a crane. Well, that would mean, and was, I was told that the, the, the name for a crane in Spanish. It's something else, I know. Is, is, uh, was a, a name adopted by um, Spanish Jews. Yeah. Garza. Yeah, la garza. Yeah. So, de la garza falcon would mean he was Jewish. No? If you go back, I've got a book somewhere that that uh, explains the last names of, of the people, and, and it relates to del uh, valle, you know, the means a person that came from, from a valley. Yeah. Uh, garza uh. means, you know, he came from a place that was a lot of cranes and, and and it makes their last name makes reference to that okay what for example you mentioned the name science yeah we don't science did not spell the word spelled right now it was s-a-e-z size huh and a lot of uh people dropped the de la garza del de la and they are just named garza yeah for example, my grandfather was de la Garza, and his generation dropped de la and just used Garza. But they were, uh, his name was Juan de la Garza, but he dropped de la Garza and just used Garza. That generation, that's when they dropped it. What is it about people's knowledge of, or the knowledge they think they have of uh, Star County, um what is it that drives you crazy that they don't get, they don't understand? And then, I guess, what are you proudest of? Um, well, I, I hate the bad publicity we all get here in Star County. Especially, you know, Roma, Rirande. People come down from uh, Washington, D.C., or the yeah. Eastern reporters, and they they come in, and the first thing they, they want to know is uh, how many how many illegals are coming over or how many pounds of uh, uh, drugs I mean we get associated or we get yeah. stereotyped with with what's bad we've got some good people in this area and oh, yeah. you knew that you know that oh yeah oh yeah, yeah there's you know there's bad people all over the place but uh, we've got some good we got more good people than bad people yeah. I had a reporter come in from New York once and uh, you know, I, I told him I, I will not talk about drugs. I will not talk about immigration. Uh. We'll talk about the history. And the first thing he said, "Okay, well, I wouldn't do that." And uh, when we were talking, uh, he was interviewing me. He comes up with, uh, "And what percent of your sales derive from uh, illegal crime?" Illegal, you know. This <laughs> and I just uh, looked at him and I said, "Well, can you tell me uh, your newspaper?" What percent of your advertisement in New York comes from organized crime? And he folded his notebook and just walked away. No kidding. Well, I mean, yeah. how how what would you ask me that? I, that's um, 
I can be pretty rude, but I wouldn't ask. Oh, boy. Well, I asked him why, what percentage of his uh, advertisement was from organized crime in this newspaper, and he couldn't tell me. They come down with preconceptions. People have preconceptions, I think, about exactly what we are, how we live. Um, we get a lot of uh, teachers from Teach for America program. We get a lot of customs officials. We get a lot of uh, highway patrolmen, a lot of border patrolmen. Mm-hmm. And when they originally come down here, they're afraid. They don't want to talk to the people. After a couple of months, they become part of the community uh-huh. because they know that they they see that, and they don't want to live. They don't want to live here the community anymore. The customs people, the Teach for America really? people. We keep more and more of those Teach for America teachers stay after their contract than most school districts here in the valley. I've met. Wow. We've got some good people. Noel Benavides, thank you very much. Into the RGV is sponsored by Esparza Pest Control Simmer Technology. Call them at 956-316-0000. Again, 956-316-0000. In future episodes, we're going to cover what made Willacy County the county that it is today. The start of the ranch country, a place known for growing onions, You know, it used to be part of Cameron County, but you've got to listen to Into the RGV to find out more. Thanks for listening to Into the RGV.